The Space Case Sarah Show with space nerds Kobe and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah? Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio. <laughs> Hello, space enthusiasts. Welcome to another episode of the Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds and I guess the sports ball nerds. Kavi and Benjamin. Uh, we are hitting record now because we were having a conversation about sports ball and how, uh, yeah, how we specifically how we just don't get it. <laughs> we can identify when a sport is being played, uh, what the sport There's is. Usually, it's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just like find myself sitting there thinking, wow, this would be so much better in space with, you know, less gravity. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Two pointers and three pointers. Shoot a six pointer from outer space. Futurama friend, has made some my... a few episodes where they have various sports being played in different gravity and atmospheres. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're hysterical. Just my... home runs just, just don't stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll just, uh, that's the eternal home run. <laughs> My friend Mark Wagner, he runs a uh, school that they're researching on basically how to educate kids in space, specifically Mars. And that was something that came up in that conversation we had talking about his school. Like what kind of PE would be out of Mars school? Would they do uh, Mars sand dune surfing or, you know, like what what would that look like? Um yeah. Awesome. Well, anyway, this is our show, and we're we're starting with sports, and obviously admitting that we're a group of nerds who are like sports ball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about space. Um, this is the I accidentally mislabeled this in the link I sent to you guys. I said this was helium, and it's definitely not. This is the neon episode. I did. <laughs> Coffee's giving me a face. Still a noble like gas. It is still a noble gas. <laughs> yeah, it was there a noble effort. It. <laughs> I second. kept it in the right. <laughs> Go ahead. No, just the, the second noble gas. Less noble than helium, but oh. we don't mind. Well, we, uh, we're we going to do the Neon episode, and when we discuss some kind of pre-show notes on this, Kavi's <laughs> like, um, there's really not a lot to talk about <laughs> with Neon, and I was like, sure there is. There's Neon markers and Neon lights and... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Ne- neon? <laughs> well, neon lights, if you look at ne- a bunch of neon lights, uh, neon is in the orangish red ones. All the other colors, there's no neon. <gasps> what? You've been lied to. <gasps> Your whole life. <laughs> what? That's right. Oh my God, now this is even less to talk about. What? Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> fun fact science. What's the fact about neon? What? What? Neon, I mean, I feel uh, like there's nothing left. It's all a sham. Let's go. It's kind of, I mean, yeah, neon's kind of like, you know, the chihuahua of, of noble gases. <laughs> it's like, Please oh, explain it, that. It's, Please it's explain so, that. It's so, well, I, I mean, you'll have to follow me into the, the rabbit hole of analogies and metaphors where I love to go. All right, um, grab your popcorn, like, everyone. Let's do this. Basic, no, just basically in terms of like, you know, barking and being incredibly loud there's like nothing there like there's barely any dog to the to the bark but yeah neon is like incredibly bright we're used to seeing it on neon signs and and you know drawing attention to something where there's just like nothing interesting there Hmm. that's the analogy i'm sticking to it but the fun fact (laughs) the fun the fun fact that i like to think about i mean we spoke on an earlier episode about how 
um, air is, you know, mostly not oxygen, right? It's, um, you know, about like 70% nitrogen, 20% oxygen, and then you have uh, argon and neon and some other elements there. And so that's actually the only way that we produce neon on Earth is by extracting it from air. That's how it was first done in the late 1800s. And that's how we continue to do it now. Um, although there are some interesting ways that in uh, Ukraine and in Russia, they actually uh, extract neon from air as part of other processes, um, which obviously has been severely affected <clears throat> that industry uh, by the war. Hmm. Okay, so you said in the late 1800s, I'm just, I guess, I don't really understand how neon lights work. It's so they extract neon out of the air and then they run an electrical charge through it. And that's basically we're just seeing the burning up of neon, which burns then that color. Am I so um, they yeah, so they they liquefy, they, they, they cool air and liquefy it and then extract as they reheat it, they extract the other gases that come off it um, that aren't, you know, oxygen and nitrogen. And then, yeah, what you're basically seeing is energized neon atoms. Um, they basically have, I mean, we can do, we have to do a whole episode on spectroscopy and absorption <laughs> and emission lines, but, right. but yeah, like, like just uh, in two words or less. Yes. That's, that's basically what's happening. You have excited okay. neon atoms that are just going, Hey, look at me. I'm neon slash a chihuahua. Right. But I mean, thus that ends makes that sense. Analogy. <laughs> It does make it does make sense uh, just from my chemistry classes that we you know we would make our own like sparklers and we would design the colors based on whatever uh, element that was burning we would choose for that color. Sparklers are really hard to make too. All right, Benjamin, yeah. go ahead. I, the, I, I oh, just, do I'm you sorry. have more to share about neon? No, no, definitely not. Chihuahuas no, we done. Okay. I'm done. I'm done with neon forever. <laughs> But speaking of sparklers, my whole life I lit them from the top. Apparently, I meant to light them from the bottom. No, stop. No. Away from your hand? Oh my God, it makes sense. No, no, they always. You put it in the cake and you light it from there, and then it burns upwards away from the delicious thing that you're trying to eat. Hmm. Or away from the delicious fingers that are holding it. The fingers that are going to. You got. Okay. Wow. So now neon lights are a farce. And I've been lighting my sparklers again, the wrong way. It I just, is I'm from ready. Australia, like, good, and they do things upside down. Good, good evening, everyone. We're done. <laughs> my God. Okay, Benjamin, I, please don't like ruin more things for me now. What do you have? Well, oh, if Neon's a Chihuahua episode, I'd like, <laughs> I'd like next episode sodium to be the Rottweiler. And mm. <laughs> we're gonna need a an analogy for that. We'll uh, figure it out. Okay, great. Actually, I think sodium would lend itself quite well to a spectroscopy episode. Um, anyway, uh, this is our 10th episode. It's Neon. Uh, it should be airing on October 15th. So, October 15th. Happy astronaut birthday to Roberto Vittori. He's a veteran of two Soyuz flights and one shuttle flight. He flew on the very last Endeavour flight second to last flight of the entire shuttle program and the last non-american to go on a shuttle flight so happy birthday to that dude and happy scientist birthday to i'm gonna try this one evangelista torricelli the physicist from italy who invented the barometer and whose work in geometry also helped the development of integral calculus 
and happy birthday to Asaf Hall, the American astronomer who discovered and named Phobos and Deimos Mars's moons, Ooh. and he first calculated oh. their orbits. So happy nice. birthday cool. to those dudes. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to those dudes in Dudette. <laughs> Can I Actually, just say? All dudes. Oh, they're all dudes. Okay. <laughs> oh, dudes. Evangelista. Wait, oh. It's a, an Italian name from, I want to say, 400 years ago. So. Oh, well, excuse me. Sorry. Very dude. butch. Very butch. <laughs> I just, speaking of Phobos and Demos, um, there was a moment a couple of years back when I realized um, that Phobos and Demos are essentially pain and panic from Hercules. Did you ever see that? The cartoon oh Hercules. Oh my god! Yeah. Phobos and Demos—they're they're, oh, it's not—it's not literally pain and panic. I think it's uh, pain and fear. They're like the Greek gods or demigods of pain and fear. Okay. And so yeah, so like those like two little like you know that long skinny imp and that short kind yeah, of pudgy the little, imp like, from Hercules thingies. Yeah. yeah. Those are the moons of Mars. And so every time somebody talks about the moons of Mars, that's what I'm picturing. Pain and panic reporting for duty. Aww, I just think we got, potatoes. We got Shakespeare naming his stuff and Disney, man. We got what's like a whole hidden message episode all over again. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for sharing your facts and the birthday science and um Neon, this is this is all we're gonna give it due credit for at this point. Is that your uh, lights are a lie, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so is lighting a sparkler. I can't get over it. Like, let's just stop the show now. But this is our point of the formalities, where we are going to remind you that you can follow all of us on social media: Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. As Kavi would say, all the time wasters. I am there as Space Case Sarah twenty two or Space Case Sarah, gentlemen. We'll start with Kavi today. I can be found on all the good procrastination apps and applets at <laughs> Fun Fact Science. Benjamin. <laughs> and I can be found. I think we're all really tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I can be found on all the. Damn it, I can't think of something funny. Widgets <laughs> and gizmos. <laughs> the time consuming widgets and gizmos. Again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh you can find me on all the uh, uh the the, uh, the the social media thingamajiggers uh as science actually or actually science on Facebook actually science is the big thing. Perfect. And then of course you can also go to irockspaceradio.com and find all the other shows that we have on this platform and sign up for the crew club as well. I think that this episode needs a sound of the week do we have one and we should uh well we're going to by the time it airs as of right now i have no idea but as we've done in the past we're gonna I have forgot. a little pause we have something called post-editing you're gonna hear yeah yeah that's done you're gonna hear a mysterious sound Ooh, you're going to hear something. And if you can guess what that is, we will send you an extra swag box. Not just a t-shirt, but hats, which I don't have. Uh, hats and stickers and things that are fun and swaggy. So um, whatever sound I choose, which I'm sure it's going to be something, you know, we can also collaboratively choose this. It's going to be something awesome. So this is the point where we're going to stop and listen to this glorious sound.
And wow. Oh my gosh. Oh, what was that I got that goosebumps. Noise? Look at these goosebumps. Yeah. I got chills and they are definitely multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> i think we i do really need to give the disclaimer that i am personally quite tired i know kavi's tired because he's on the other side of the world so this is uh if we're really silly i do apologize <laughs> but it's um a great sound a sound that is so soundy that i mean we should probably play it one more time so here's your second chance and I don't even know why I pause. I don't even need to pause. If we could just, I could just put in a gap. Snip in. <laughs> yeah, we, we wanted to, in honor of this episode, actually include uh, the song by John Mayer, Neon, uh, from his debut album, Room for Squares, which came out in 2001. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the right to that song. So that would have been the mystery sound, but it wasn't. I really feel like we spared our audience also from John Mayer. He is not one of my favorite uh, musicians <gasps> out there. <gasps> I can't even recognize or name one of his tunes. So, Well, uh, now you know one. But he's Neon. a wonderland, right? Oh, Isn't that gosh. one of his songs? <laughs> no. We're going to get demonetized just for that. No. <laughs> Although Look, I think we have I, to get monetized. Just by that was my own artistic one big time celebrity fan we have is John Mayer <laughs> and no more. <laughs> Oh no! Sorry, John. If you're listening at home, I'm very sorry. By the way, that song "Neon" was amazing. <laughs> Never heard so it. The Kavi has has nice things. Is, this is the Neon episode, <laughs> but we're actually going to talk about some of the other missions that have been going on and what we're looking forward to that are not crude, because we've been focusing a lot on Artemis and talking about all the like the big ones, but we just had a couple of cool things happen, like. Um, Juno did a flyby of Europa. And uh, in honor of that, instead of saying Eureka, we're saying Europa. Europa. <laughs> Europa. Which is a totally nerdy reference if you don't know what that means. And we're going to like, yeah, just talk about some of these other kind of lesser, lesser known, lesser famed, you know, um, Dart was a kind of a big one too. We'll talk about Dart, but lesser hyped up missions that I think are equally cool. I mean, I actually was thinking about this, um, about talking about Juno in particular, how it happened. We're like, Oh, but it's not the first time. And you know, like anytime something's a first, we're all like, Oh my gosh. But then subsequent things are kind of like, Oh yeah, yeah, that is cool. But we already did that the first time. So this is our, our due credit. We're giving justice to the smaller, lesser hyped up missions with the knee. <laughs> I guess it's a, it's a good tie into neon too, right? Like, they're the Chihuahua as, space missions. They're not as yeah, as noble, not not quite as nobly as helium, but still in the noble gases of missions. So we're gonna take our first break, and again, make sure you find one of our posts on social media and guess what that sound was, so that we can send you some cool swag. And even if you don't know what that is, still head over to our website irockspaceradio.com and get a free T-shirt because why not? So you are listening to the Space Case Era Show with my space nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on Irock Space Radio. March my list. <laughs> we're, we're starting there recording because I. <laughs> want people to hear in on the disappointment coffee is sitting and pouting now he just pulled his hat out he did not get back before benjamin according to my uh my 
my side of the screen. So we have this game going on, right? Who gets back into the recording studio first? And we have noticed that there are some discrepancies on the information displayed on each individual's computer. So the 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 rule was set that it's going to be whatever I see. Whoever I see past the health check to get into the green room first is the winner. So, but I, I understand. I, I I don't know. Like I, I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying. You to change the me. outcome by measuring it. It's just it's basic <laughs> quantum mechanics. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's because I'm looking at it. That's true, right? Yeah. We need to settle this, like gentlemen. Put a microphone <laughs> in the middle of the field. You stand on one end, and I stand on the other, and we charge for it. How about you guys start walking right now so you can find each other somewhere in the middle of the world? <laughs> and he leaves the room. Uh, this is the neon episode, which nothing we're going to really talk about has anything to do with neon. Let us celebrate this segment, second segment. Let's start with celebrating Dart and our wonderful guest, Joan, who was on the last episode that played but not the last one you have heard anyway it, it gets confusing now to me it makes even. sense um, you know like a couple episodes ago congratulations to dart and joan and how excited they were to basically watch their own spacecraft demise but yeah way to go congratulations <laughs> bye spacecraft kabloosh kabloosh but that was really exciting it's so funny like every every time every time I feel like I'm watching any other NASA stream or a SpaceX stream, it's always like, okay, have we you know, we we've passed the launch and it hasn't up. exploded. We passed yeah. Max Q and it hasn't exploded. And here it's the opposite. It's like, has it has it Yay, it exploded. Yeah, yeah you're like, Yeah, end of signal. Woo <laughs> I um I definitely teared up though. I like the last ten seconds as you got close, 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 done. I mean, even my kids were watching it with me and they were like whoa, mom, look how bumpy it is. And I was like, just so moved by, I don't know, just seeing that up close, even though it's, you know, space rocks clumped together. It's just amazing. It was so amazing. Did you guys get to watch it live or did you, um, did you see just a replay later? I watched yeah. it uh, 10 minutes late, but yes. But I didn't just, uh, just so I can be in the moment. It was 10 minutes late. I made sure to start the broadcast, you know, 15 minutes previous to the impact so I can watch the whole thing and listen to all the commentary and watch all the, your friend, Dr. Z and everyone else in the room uh, going bananas and hugging and kissing because they literally destroyed something very expensive (laughs) (laughs) for everyone to see. And it was awesome. It was. I I had the same feeling that you did, Sarah. And and it's just so strange because I was watching it live and like, at first, all you see is a dot, and then you can differentiate two dots, right? You know, both right. the asteroids in the system. And the, yeah, there's something there's something weird about it going from this abstract idea of like, yeah, it's an asteroid, it's a space rock, to like getting closer and closer and being able to mm-hmm. clearly see with like the better and better resolution, like all the little ripples and imperfections and tiny space rocks and Bruce Willis mm-hmm. sitting there in the corner. Like you're, <laughs> you're seeing it all, and it's right. just, it's so real. Yeah. Well, and actually, I so my breath got taken away twice. It, actually, the first one was when I turned on that live stream when it started and they showed that little dot at first. And it just was like, oh, my God, it's real. Like, mm-hmm. you're really. And then I had a moment in the middle where I was like, 
it's going to impact in three minutes. How is it going to get there in three minutes? Like it seems right, yeah. so far away still. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, 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 Oh. And the, and I don't oh, know, yeah. there's just something about that loss of signal and the, the, the reality Make of what had happened. It just hit me and I started crying and, you know, um, I don't know. I, this is what I do. I just, I cry over everything, but there's oh. something about space missions too, that just really, they really move me. Cause it just, to me, it, it marks the epitome of human achievement that we mm. sent something out there to mm. prove something and we destroyed it. Like we did what we set out <laughs> to do in such a huge, magnificent way. Um, there's just nothing to me that seems quite as romantic and um adventurous as space what i loved was uh it was hitting the smaller it was hitting didibos which is orbiting desmos i think dimorphous 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 anyway what i liked it what i loved is we passed or it dimorphous or at least it went out of frame as we were getting closer and closer to Didymos, mm-hmm. which was so incredible, it gave the it was literally flying through an a, an orbital system. Yeah. So it kind of in sci-fi movies you always see where they're flying towards a planet or something, or they're passing a bunch of other planets and moons as they get closer and closer to it. In science fiction movies, it's wonderful, but this actually happened. We <laughs> flew yeah. past a, a celestial body and went to its moon, and smacked it really 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 hard it was cool. yeah yeah <laughs> i think no, that, that also that is naughty, also naughty little moon yeah <laughs> and uh coffee shared a fantastic meme beforehand where he's got the like a stick figure and its face is nasa's logo and then he said what nasa's doing and he's holding the rock and the and the spacecraft with like two other stick figures, they say no kiss. <laughs> that one, that went pretty viral on Twitter. By yeah, the it way. did. It spread pretty well. <laughs> that was so Honestly, cool. like it, it's just incredulous to me that I can put, I can like spend five minutes just procrastinating and making a meme like that, and it gets picked up, and then I can spend five hours right? preparing like intelligent content and, and nothing happens but what i what yeah. i really loved more than the number of likes and shares was the fact that i know that the dart engineers at nasa saw that meme and had a good chuckle <laughs> makes my day. Uh, oh so yes good. they did oh it's so good so speaking of flybys another flyby that we already mentioned but uh is that juno flew past jupiter's moon europa which was the first visit since i guess 2000 Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been Galileo. 22 years since yeah. we've uh, taken a good look at that moon. And I would say that cameras have improved significantly in 22 years because <laughs> based on the pictures we're getting, it's just, I mean, my, my speaking of Twitter, my Twitter cover photo is already that moon. Now I was like, ah! <laughs> so excited. Um, but it's, um, <clears throat> it's, it's definitely one of the, you know, most interesting moons that we are targeting for exploration Mm -hmm. um europa and enceladus because they're both icy moons and they're very very interesting for astrobiology which is a ever increasingly top priority in uh, missions for nasa um which is kind of in that uncrewed world that like people just don't it just doesn't it doesn't have that human element so it's not quite as like oh 
to the general public, but for most of us, for, for science exploration, for the, for even though even the, like that, that flyby was a great kind of scoping mission for the next thing that's going to go after it. Um, these are so important. And so we wanted to give a little like love to those lesser loved uh, missions. And so what is Juno's ultimate purpose? Do either of you know? I can't remember like what it was, com- like what its whole mission objective is. I think it's just studying Jupiter and the entire uh, Jupiter system. Uh, okay. They want to get close to a couple of the moons, uh, Ganymede and Europa being the primaries. Right. And was Io is awesome. But as far as landing stuff on Io, it's just going to get destroyed because it's just this big molten thing. Um, but Europa is number one, just like you said, Europa and Enceladus, because they're water worlds. Mm-hmm. And, well, icy water worlds. And Ganymede, because it's just massive. And it's very, you know, planet-like in itself. It's huge compared to our moon. It's just this big, wonderful place that we could do lots of exploration. And then, of course, just studying Jupiter, getting closer to its atmosphere and studying its composition and its magnetosphere and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's it, Jupiter, you can't list the things you need to study at Jupiter because it's just so much. Yeah, it's a, a very cool and interesting planet. And I'm I'm giving a look ahead now to what uh juno is helping and i i mean i know of this mission um but it's it's going to be very valuable for the clipper mission which is going to launch in 2024 which Mm -hmm. is essentially going to try to as i've heard it described as taste some of these plumes of water that are getting Uh sprayed up into space because they have uh noted plumes coming out multiple times out of Europa and Enceladus and or I think mainly Europa but um but Io wasn't didn't Voyager detect the first volcanism on another celestial body that wasn't Earth from Voyager passing Io and then seeing yes. that plume coming out I'm yeah. almost positive that yes, um, did. yeah that that was the first like oh my gosh something is shooting out <laughs> <laughs> from uh, from something else um but it's, it's super cool. I yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was just like following on what you were both saying. Um, you know, we, we often kind of compare in our minds. Okay, so you know, we have a moon, the moon, and there are all these other moons that you see on you know around Jupiter, Saturn, other planets. Like Jupiter has like eighty, and people mm-hmm. at first you don't really realize how different they are. So like Europa is just smaller than our moon. But structurally, it's totally different. And like one of the first things that you can notice when you look at these images of Europa is that it's a flat surface covered in these kind of straight track mark lines, similar to what you see in ice shelves in Greenland. And there are no or almost no craters, which is more or less all you see when you look at the surface of our moon. And the main reason for that is that our moon has basically been bombarded over millions of years by all these asteroids and meteorites and, you know, have flying rocks coming through space to, you know, smack the moon or maybe, you know, dart missions or similar type things from aliens. Who knows? Um, but, but yeah, so the reason why all these craters stay on the moon is because the moon is completely inactive in terms of its tectonic activity and anything happening under the surface. Whereas um, moons like Europa have, or so we believe, this very dynamic watery surface or watery subsurface i should say under the outer icy surface and so things are constantly changing 
So there's so much room to learn and study how these bodies work and what the, the what the chemistry and what the dynamics are under the surface. And like, it's just, it's mind blowing to me that you have to stop and say, okay, our moon is basically a big rock and those moons are basically tiny planets. Right. Right. That could, they could have life. We don't know, which is <clears throat> rounding back to the theme of this episode, why these uncrewed missions and arguably smaller, less important missions are actually incredibly exciting and incredibly important and definitely worth paying attention to. Um, I was going to make a comment about some of the other missions, but I think that I'm going to save some of my thoughts about what is upcoming for our third segment, because I have a couple of missions that I'm very excited about that are coming up that will be launching in the future that I'd love us to talk about. And but my so as my mind is wandering through these, I keep realizing that, you know, I mentioned that most of these are geared around astrobiology, but they really are like that's I don't think other than sending people to the moon, there's really no missions that are coming up that don't focus around at least to some degree looking at organics off the top of my head or looking at these interesting places that could have organics i mean unless unless i'm missing something that might be flying out way out there past like neptune or something i i can't think of anything really off the top of my head that isn't kind of targeting that there might be something to do with uh heliophysics with with you know studying the sun but i think yeah i think you're right most of them are all focused on the ways that we can either sample or learn about the chemistry and biology of other worlds yeah right yeah, yeah. I, it's, I mean, obviously that's what I love. So I'm excited about it, but <laughs> I can't, I can't think of anything else right now. All that's like, you know, we're going to fling past the really outer stuff and then just keep going. It's, it's all very focused on things that we can look at here and perhaps possibly like sample returns. So, all right, well, let's take a break. I will talk then about some of the things that I'm looking forward to. And I'd love to hear your guys' uh, thoughts on missions that you are looking forward to. I, yeah, they're all astrobiology. Again, I'm a little tired. I think I should have had some coffee for this episode. <laughs> so please hang in there. We're going to have one more break. And then we're going to keep talking about these uncrewed missions, the unsung heroes of NASA and space exploration. It's not all about the people climbing in the capsules. Sometimes it's about these, these other, or, or even a rover. I feel like the rovers have just as much clout as like a uh, person going to space. It's like, we're, we're focusing on the ones that don't have those big, awesome things. Although one I'm thinking of kind of does, but anyway, we're going to talk about that. You are listening to the Space Case Era Show with the space nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on IROC Space Radio. Okay, yes. Kavi, we're giving Kavi a win. Um, welcome back to the Space <laughs> Case Era Show where we take entering the green room studio seriously. And uh, Kavi is the winner of this round. Like I said, I don't know what the <laughs> win, what, what it's going to be in the end. What, what someone will receive. I think I need to go get some sort of, I need to, oh, I have an idea. I have a really good idea. Okay. I can't, That's I can't say, I think one. I just came up okay. with a good idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're talking about the unsung missions of space, similar to neon, which is not that exciting of an element on the periodic table. 
some of these missions just don't seem that exciting, but they really are. It's just, it takes a little bit of a deeper appreciation for the science that they're doing, but they don't get quite as uh, as much fanfare as some of these other missions like a Mars rover or the Artemis program, but we think that they're very exciting and we wanted to talk about them, these lesser known missions. And two that I'm, oh no, I can't remember the name of the second one, but two that I'm very excited about, and you should remember the second one, Sarah, I know, um, is our return to Venus, Da Vinci Plus oh. and... Oh, why can't I remember the second one? But I will look it up. But those are relatively new. Hold on, Da Vinci Plus and Veritas. Thank you. Mm, it's like on the top of my the head. Truth. These are our uh, our return to Venus missions. We haven't been to Venus since like forever. <laughs> it's been a really long time. Was um, the Soviet Union the last country to send something to Venus? I think so. I think it was, the yeah, Verna, the last the, attempt. The, 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 Ver- the Verner. Ver- Verner program, something like that. Well, that was the only successful landing we ever had, mm-hmm. um, which brought images back, was from the, the Soviet Union. Um, nothing usually can make it on the surface of Mars, it, or I'm sorry, Venus. Venus. Um, it's just a a hellhole of heat and extreme atmospheric pressure. And so the challenge of getting something to land there is that you have to build something that can withstand <laughs> at least enough time to send a picture back. And, and it's basically like steampunk, um, you know, gear kind of landers, but yes, the Benjamin. ultimate burning man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have to try like three or four times until they actually managed to get something to like live oh, yeah. long Caesar, enough to take the photo. Yeah, they yeah. were melting and getting crushed by the atmosphere before they even landed the first few attempts. It yeah, just, which is why it's a horrible, horrible place. Right. It's, it's that's why that's why pretty much everybody gave up. They were just like, nah, it's not really worth all this money to launch something. To statistically, the odds are not in its favor. But the reason that Da Vinci and uh, Veritas were selected, Da Vinci Plus, I'm sorry were selected for Venus was because of that interesting paper that got released that there is maybe evidence of phosphines in the atmosphere. And so it's not really to land them per se, it's to go through the atmosphere and to take samples from the right. atmosphere because there's a happy little sweet spot where I think I think we've talked about it on the show where you wouldn't even have to wear a spacesuit. It's like you'd have to wear a breathing apparatus, but you, your body could actually, you, you could physically survive outside of mm-hmm. a craft. And so mm-hmm. we have microorganisms in our atmosphere. It's highly plausible that maybe from when Venus was Earth-like, there are still leftover living remnants in the atmosphere. So that is what they're going back for, to look at what, the, what why, why could there be phosphine in the atmosphere? So I'm really excited about that one. Do you guys have any off the top of your head that you can think of that you're very excited for that isn't as flashy as people going up to space, but a really cool upcoming mission. I mean, mine, so, so there isn't a set uh, launch date at the moment, but mine is the um, LCRT, the Lunar Crater Radio Telescope, Ooh. which, yeah, which is something that I'm super excited about. So, um, there's this um, cool super nerdy thing called um, uh, synth- <laughs> aperture synthesis. It's basically 
you rather than building like a massive radio telescope, like a giant dish, you build a bunch of smaller ones and then you can connect the signals between them to effectively like synthesize a telescope that big, right? So like when you're measuring the data afterwards, it's as if you had one that big. And that's how we managed to get photos of uh, like images of like the black hole um, that we got with the Event Horizon yeah. Telescope. Yeah. Okay. So that, yeah. that's that's doing what, what's called the VLBI, Very Long Baseline Interferometry. Um, radio astronomers are great with coming up with acronyms and names. <laughs> Bless <tell>. you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like that connected a bunch of telescopes across the planet to effectively synthesize a radio telescope the size of Earth. And so yeah. what's really exciting about the LCRT is two things. One, the fact that rather than building a dish, they're basically going to use an existing crater on the moon, put a, a, uh-huh. a focal point and receiver there and basically turn that crater into a dish. That's one exciting part. But the other one would be if they can actually connect uh, the signals between uh, the baselines on Earth and that radio telescope on the moon, we would basically effectively be able to have a radio telescope the size of like the Earth-Moon distance, if wow. you can picture that. It's like... Yeah. This big. I mean, I, I remember miles. seeing a picture of the, you know, um, like a t- uh, telescope, whatever, radio telescope going in a crater. And I remember there was kind of controversy. People were like, oh, you know, like the moon is now we're we're going to be putting Starbucks and McDonald's on there next. But I, I love I love that. That's I didn't realize that it was becoming more and more of a reality. I just remember seeing that picture. It got funded. I think it's gone through two funding rounds um, through NASA. And there's like, they're, they're definitely working on it at NASA and at JPL. So it's That's it's awesome. very much real. I'm not sure when the launch date is targeted sure. for. But that'll be amazing. And also probably coincide with like Artemis mission goals and building a base on the moon, I, I would assume. How about you, Benjamin? Do you have something that you're like excited about? Uh, and I'm excited about it's lesser am, known. I am not just for the jokes. I am genuinely excited about the <laughs> the the probe that go to the planets before Neptune, the one after Saturn. <laughs> We're gonna probe a planet, one that's anyway, that's way out there. The as yet to be named, yet officially in the unofficially comically named. Uh, Uranus, Venus, uh, Uranus, Uranus probe. Uranus, Uranus. That, Depends Uranus, how professional Uranus you want to sound. <laughs> that one's going to be awesome. We're going to learn so much stuff. But yeah. um, with all this DART uh, mission stuff that's been happening the last couple of days, um, the European Space Agency is launching a second mission to Demorphos uh, in 24. Oh. It's called Hera. And it's going to go right back to Demorphos so we can accurately observe and measure the damage caused by DART. So Which I think is a lot crater. more surprising <sighs> than we expected it to be. I think the, oh, yes. uh, like the plumes that came off of it mm-hmm. from the uh, ground-based telescopes were like, whoa, that was a right. lot bigger than we thought it was going to Yeah, oh, those, be. <laughs> images, those images from the Atlas yeah. telescope are incredible. Like you really see like this like cloud oh, of, of dust yeah. and pot. That would actually be really interesting to see if you know we sent a mission back there in a couple of years. I wonder if you would have like 
the development of an, an asteroid belt or a ring as yeah. a result. That would be that. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. <sighs> And I and um thank you for bringing up the the Uranus naming uh, competition the probe we it would not be the space case Sarah show if we didn't get to some sort of like uh, toilet joke at some point in the show like it just would not be our show if we didn't have some sort of joke or innuendo in that direction and I can't I literally I cannot wait for the for the memes that Javi is going to create. Because uh, that if we if we have any indication off of the dart one now kiss, <laughs> we're gonna have some glorious memes sent to us from Fun Fact Science that do we want to read out? Surely enjoy. Do we want to oh, read out ahead. some of the names? Do we have some, some suggestions already? Yes. Yeah. So they, they so so NASA NASA said hey like you know what could go wrong if we ask the internet to name uh, the the Uranus probe. Um, and so there are a couple of, there are a couple of good ones. I think I'll I'll start. I mean, probe probe face was like always going to be up there. So I'm I'm really glad that was one of the top ones that that came up. Um, but we also had, um, (laughs) we also had a few acronyms that were quite nice. So we had the planetary orbital observation probe or poop. We had the um, better. <laughs> I'm going to kill Sarah with these next two. Um, the better Uranus telemetry tracking, or butt. And finally, the advanced new Uranus space mission, or anus. Anus. <laughs> and I mean, why not? NASA is all about those acronyms. Those are very. I mean, they're very scientific. It's not their fault that they just acronym like a yeah. joke that a fifth grader would. Kavi is being extremely careful about the examples he's chosen. <laughs> All right, well, so go Google and uh, see the the less than PG rated examples apparently that are out there. It's a family show. They're all fun. They're all funny. They're all in good spirits, but good lord. <laughs> you guys, you guys, you guys. Well, I have one more mission that I'm looking forward to. It is a little flashy, I will give you that, but Dragonfly. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Benjamin's dying. Oh no. You can say it. Say it on say it. Come on. You need to share. No. <laughs> 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 anyway, so no, say uh, it, do it, say it. No, I think do science it. is a beautiful and noble endeavor. <laughs> we take our science very seriously here on the space case. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just want to know now. No, no, oh, no, I feel like I'm left out of a joke. Okay, uh, but Dragonfly, <laughs> I'm very excited for Dragonfly. That is going to which moon? Out. Do you remember? Out. Out moon. Uh, no, no, Dragonfly is the uh, big quadcopter drone that's going to. Oh, hold on. Titan. Oh. Ah, yes. Titan. Saturn's moon, Titan. Yeah, I, I don't know why I was yes. thinking of. I was thinking of so Dragonfly... Firefly. Sorry. Oh. Firefly, also, Firefly yes, Aerospace has, has a mission to. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is this is quite the episode. <laughs> we uh we we usually aren't this hysterically laughing, but well, sometimes we are. Uh, Dragonfly is was very dependent on the success of ingenuity, so they were very interested to see how ingenuity would perform with the concept of building something monstrously bigger than just a single propelled vehicle like this will have four propellers and it'll be like the size of a car and it will be integrated with ai to fly around on the surface of titan and obviously that's a way out there in the future mission which i think is always funny when nasa plans these missions and they're like like perseverance is a perfect example where they're like well we're gonna collect samples and we're gonna bring them back how are we gonna bring them back we don't know yet but we're just building it to do it you know like we're giving it that capability how is it coming back we haven't designed that yet you know um and so dragonfly is kind of yeah Yeah. i mean dragonfly is basically like we assume that the artificial technology in you know artificial um navigation of these crafts will be able to handle doing that by the time we have this built and sent out there, um, which we we've seen cars are getting very good. Tesla has some uh, very good technology with self-driving cars and self-driving vehicles. And um, you guys have seen my little robot, right? The, the little bubbly yellow bubble. Her name is Sagan. Sagan, Sagan yeah. my little robot. <clears throat> she, she, um, people often actually, their response is, oh, that's one of those food delivery ones that I've seen in XY City. And I have to say, no, no, actually, those are those are programmed even more uh, advanced than mine because mine just follows me. It just uses cameras and sensors to track my motion and follow me. But those like those are programmed to do it on their own. Mine can't move on her own. But it's kind of cool, right, that now people are they're not even that shocked by the robot. They're just like, oh, I've seen one of those or they're in the grocery store scanning the scanning the barcodes um and i'm like oh no mine's not actually as smart as that um so i have a stupid robot (laughs) she would she would go off a a stair if i if i walked her off the stairs she'd follow me so she's not she's not that bright sagan um but anyway my point being dragonfly will be utilizing this you know robots thinking for themselves technology when we get there it's gonna be so awesome when it gets there it is going to be so cool. Because and then um, maybe by then we'll have the radio telescope on the moon, which will mm-hmm. then be able to more directly and quickly observe what Dragonfly is doing out yeah. there. Probably not, but you know. With when that, so when the... on Titan, it landed in the muddy <laughs> riverbed. So in the muddy, yeah, the nitrogen riverbed. With the radio telescope, serious question for you, Kavi, on the moon, yeah. would that enhance the speed of communication technology to like say if people landed on mars would that make our communications systems to mars more immediate instead of having that much of a delay or would that be still the same i think i think the short answer is yes i mean any radio telescope can be used as both a receiver and a transmitter um at the moment, I think that sort of communication would either be limited to, you know, from Earth directly to Mars, or it would be routed by one of the, um, how is it, the LSO, the, the, the orbiting satellites around the okay. moon. Uh, maybe it's not okay. LSO, but yeah. Um, so you'd have to like ping off that satellite and then go forward. But yeah, assuming that the, the like, I guess that would, 
I can't remember where they're planning on building the radio telescope. I think it's on the dark side. So, so yeah, it would be facing away from Earth. So um, doable. Yeah, definitely doable. That's, that's a, I didn't consider that. I just, just a thought I had. It would still be yeah. a 20 minute delay though, right? Because of it's just 20 minutes away. Uh, yeah, in terms of like light, light distance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that would be but a limiting But it would probably factor. prevent any blackout communications uh, situations because there are some times where we wouldn't be able to talk to, well, we probably still, because it's blocked by the sun. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> anyway, this is, uh, this is about the point where we have to wrap it up, gentlemen. We have gone past no. our 15-minute mark, I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Who would have thought we'd have so much to say about neon? Neon and lighting sparklers from the bottom up. It's been the whole hour. Gosh. I know. It goes really fast. Light sparklers from the bottom up. But I do want to give, before we head out, a reminder, obviously, my usual social media, I rock space radio, space case Sarah, fun fact science, science actually, actually science, depending on who or what platform you're on. But I, I wanted to give a little heads up to who we are bringing on next week. I'm very excited. So one of the goals for this show that we have talked about since its conception, and thank you, Benjamin, for the idea, was that we wanted to bring people who do or use science for good or share science for good. And there was nobody better I could think of than bringing on our friend Lee who is doing the passage project, flying the stem supplies down all the way down through Latin America. So he's stopping at multiple points throughout the whole country. And he is going to be doing that in December. He recently launched his trailer for the documentary that he's making with it. So we have Lee scheduled on for the next time we record. This might be timed out uh, to air at a little bit later in the month of October because I will be going to the Philippines for a couple of weeks. And so it might be one of those ones that I'll save for while I'm gone. I don't know yet, but anyway, it's going to be really exciting and we're so thrilled to have Lee come and join us. So Lee, if you're listening, we're excited for you. <laughs> so yay. Yay. this has been another episode, the neon episode, episode 10, which uh, confetti, woo. 10 episodes. <laughs> We're 10 years, 10 episodes. 10 old. years. Uh, we'll ten. see. I hope so. <laughs> 10 episodes old. We're going to run out of two months old. <laughs> Here on Hopefully the they'll have discovered. It's been a great 10 episodes so far, and we will definitely have 10 more at the very minimum. At so. the very least. At the very least, you have been listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with my space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, here on iRock Space Radio. You've been listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, a production of iRock Space Radio. Go to iRockSpaceRadio.com for more.